Our top story tonight, Donald Trump gagged again in appeals court, agreeing the former president of the United States should be barred from public statements about witnesses and other key players in the federal election subversion case, but with some significant exceptions. CNN Justice correspondent Jessica Schneider has more on the ruling. So, Jessica, what does this mean for Trump? Well, Wolf, it means the gag order against Donald Trump. It will, in fact, be in place moving forward. But the appeals court today saying that the original gag order from District Court Judge Tanya Chukin, it was just too broad. So specifically, the appeals court is removing restrictions when it comes to Trump talking about special counsel Jack Smith. The appeals court really explained that Jack Smith is part of the Justice Department and that Trump should be allowed to criticize public officials and he should be able to express his views that this prosecution is politically motivated. So the appeals court here really trying to walk this fine line of protecting Donald Trump's First Amendment free speech rights, but also limiting just how far he can go in attacking witnesses and other court staffers and personnel, as we've seen him already do. So this is how the gag order will play out. Trump will not be able to make public statements about potential witnesses in this case. He also can't make derogatory comments that would interfere in this case when it comes to the court staff, the special counsel staff, or family members. And of course, we saw Donald Trump speak out against special counsel Jack Smith's wife recently at one of his rallies. So Trump will now be restricted from making any comments about her or other family members. Though it's important to note there will be no restrictions on his speech about special counsel Jack Smith or the judge in this case, or really the prosecution in general. So the appeals court in making this decision, they wrote this. They said, many of former President Trump's public statements attacking witnesses, trial participants, and court staff pose a danger to the integrity of these criminal proceedings. That danger is magnified by the predictable torrent of threats of retribution and violence that the district court found follows when Mr. Trump speaks out forcefully. And Wolf, tonight Trump is saying that his legal team will appeal. So the next step in this case would either be to appeal to the full appeals court here in D.C. since today's decision was just from that three-judge panel, or the president's legal team could take this appeal directly to the Supreme Court. So presumably we'll see what they do in the coming days. Wolf. All right, Jessica, thank you. Jessica Schneider reporting. I want to bring in CNN national correspondent Kristen Holmes, CNN senior legal analyst Ellie Honig, and ABC News chief Washington correspondent Jonathan Carley is the author of a brand new, very important book entitled Tired of Winning Donald Trump and the End of the Grand Old Party. Uh, Ellie, let me start with you. You predicted here in the Situation Room this gag order would largely be upheld. Do you think the court today struck the right balance? I do, Wolf. I think they struck the nail right on the head. Anytime a court is in a position of having to deal with a gag order, they have to balance two competing concerns. And I think the court does that here in a detailed way. On the one hand, the court has to protect any defendant's very broad First Amendment rights. And under the order as it now stands, Donald Trump is free to criticize aggressively, if necessary, the judge, Jack Smith, DOJ, the charges against him. That's his right. On the other hand, the court has to balance the need for the district court, the trial court here, to protect the process, to protect the witnesses, the jury pool. And what Trump cannot do is attack witnesses about the substance of their testimony or attack staff or court members or say things that might infect the jury pool. So I think the Court of Appeals really did a, an admirable job, and I think they got it just right in striking that balance here. Ellie, do you think uh, it's likely the U.S. Supreme Court will review this decision? 
I do not think the Supreme Court will take this case up, Wolf. Yes, there is a constitutional element to it because we're talking about the First Amendment, but the mere presence of any constitutional issue is not enough for the Supreme Court necessarily to take it. I think the Supreme Court is going to want to stay hands off. I don't think they're going to want to get into micromanaging the minutia of this trial. And I don't think there's anything about the Court of Appeals opinion that's obviously wrong or that's screaming out for the Supreme Court to step in and fix it. So I think they're going to pass. And if they do pass, then this will be the last word on the gag order. And Jonathan Carl, uh, Trump slammed this decision on Truth Social. Uh, I want to get your reaction to part of his response. Let me quote from part of his response. People can speak violently and viciously against me or attack me in any form, but I am not allowed to respond in kind. Uh, but Jonathan, as uh, Jessica reported, the order doesn't restrict him from going after the Department of Justice or Jack Smith, for that matter. What's your reaction? Or his political opponents, or Joe Biden, or, I mean, th th this is a very narrowly uh, a tailored uh, gag order. I think that this uh, decision by this appeals panel is, is a really good read. It goes through a reminder of the kinds of statements that Trump was, sta was making that, in the words of, of this panel, had real-time, real-world consequences. Uh, statements that he was making uh, about potential witnesses uh, and how they received uh, torrents of threats. Uh, we've seen this over and over again. We saw what happened uh, in the New York uh, civil case when uh, Trump not only went after the judge, but went after the clerk. A, a court a employee uh, said things about her that were flatly not true, uh, and uh, she ended up receiving uh, several, many dozens a, a day of threats on her cell phone that uh, people somehow uh, got a hold of, anti-Semitic uh, threats. So, so look, I, I, I think that this is not about silencing uh, Donald Trump. In fact, this opinion goes chapter and verse into the importance of the First Amendment, but makes it clear that you cannot hide behind the First Amendment uh, to make statements uh, that are clearly not protected by the Good law. Good point. Kristen Holmes, uh, what are you hearing from your sources about the reaction uh, from uh, inside the Trump world? Well, if there was some expectation that this was going to be upheld, or at least part of it was going to be upheld. But the big question now is whether or not Donald Trump can actually abide by it. And I spoke to two senior advisors who said they think that it is possible that he has been briefed multiple times on what exactly he can and can't say and where exactly that line is. I had one advisor say that he's going to walk all the way up to the line but not cross it. Again, as we've mentioned, he can go after Jack Smith. He can go after the Department of Justice. We know this is a big part of his campaign to be president, that he is being politically persecuted and that he's going to continue with that messaging. There is some concern among some allies that when it comes to the witnesses, he might have a harder time, particularly when it comes to perhaps getting some of that testimony or learning what these witnesses have said. That is going to be where it becomes more difficult for the former president. And Ellie, uh, the court also forcefully pushed back on Trump's argument that his criminal trial should be delayed until after the 2024 presidential election, saying that would, to quote, create perverse incentives. What did you make of that? Yeah, well, if this is the buried headline of this ruling today, I mean, that's going to become monumentally important because Donald Trump is already in the process of appealing this immunity motion. He is certainly going to try to get this trial date, which is currently set for March of 2024, pushed back towards after the election. He's going to try any way possible to do that. And this is a signal and then some from the Court of Appeals that they're not going to be inclined to do that. So if it's going to be delayed, it's probably going to have to come from the U.S. Supreme Court, which is a tough shot to make.
Good point. Uh, Jonathan, uh, what will this election year look like if the dominant Republican frontrunner is stuck in a courtroom rather than out there on the campaign trail? Well, I think that what, what has happened as a result of we're already seeing this. I mean, he has spent more days in court in New York in that civil case, days that he did not have to be in court. There was only, you know, one day, which when he was uh, when he testified, he doesn't need to be there, uh, that he has spent actually on the campaign trail. And as a result, uh, people are, are seeing more of the coverage of his legal troubles than they are of Donald Trump as a candidate. And I think this is actually... Uh, one of the challenges that we all face in, in covering and trying to understand this election is that people are not getting a real sense of Donald Trump, the candidate, of what he would be doing if he actually got into the White House again. What uh, would his program be? What does he mean by retribution and revenge? What would he be doing as president? Because, you know, so much of the coverage is in these courtrooms, and that's where he's going to be spending most of his time. Yeah, it's a good point, an excellent point, a real expert on Trump. Uh, thanks to all of you, and a special congratulations to Jonathan Carl uh, on his new book, Tired of Winning, Donald Trump and the End of the Grand Old Party. Excellent, excellent read. Check it out for sure.